Welcome to Momentum Church. They had produced that for our Christmas Eve service for the little kids. And when I saw it last week, I was just like, guys, we got to see that in the adult service. That was fantastic. fantastic. You know what's so neat about that, too, is that a seed of ministry has been planted in those little kids. You know, I mean, it might just look like a little drama to you, right, Barbara? It may just look, but those children will always remember back being a part of that. And, and I see all those kids and I just think to myself, what, what will they do next for the Lord? You know, and um, that has nothing to do with the sermon. I'm just, I'm just a little bit emotional, uh, how cute they were, and just the thought that your children in this house, God is pouring into, and uh, man, that just makes all the difference in the world, amen? I want you to open your Bibles this morning over, if you will, to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. This is the conclusion of our hosting for the holidays series over the last, you know, part of November, right before Thanksgiving, and now, and um, we're going to get into this today as we begin to look at the next thing that we want to be able to host in our life. Before I jump into the scripture and into the teaching, um, I want to just kind of take a moment and talk about yesterday just a little bit. Yesterday, we had the most amazing opportunity um, to be able to take part in something that was taking place in an apartment community in Atlanta, a ministry called Frontline Response. They provided toys for about 1,500, no, I think it was 1,700 children. It was over 5,000 toys. And we were able to go in and partner with Frontline Response and the local church there on the corner, which I thought was fabulous. So often you do outreach things and it's hard to tie people back to a local church. And so if you would, I'm going to say his name by name, uh, 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 Pastor Vincent. Just think Pastor Vincent in your prayers as he is right there at the edge of this community. Um, uh, uh, And so just be praying for Pastor Vincent and what they're doing. But we were able to respond to nearly 1,800 children. That's how many it was, 1,800 children. And I do want to thank you all. Yeah, I want to thank you all for giving gifts. I don't know if you remember the gifts that we've been given the last few weeks. Some of you gave money toward buying gifts, and Pastor Stephanie bought those gifts. Also, I want you to know your faithful giving, we give to this ministry uh, monthly, and so I just want you to know your faithful giving and your tithes and offerings helps us to be uh, mission partners with Frontline Response, you know? And, and yesterday, one little special mama, she came up, and we started to talk with her and minister to her, and you could just tell she was overwhelmed by life. And all of a sudden, all that tension just, I think she just could tell that myself and, and the pastor I was with, you could, I think she could just tell that, that we were safe, you know? And she just broke and just wept and began to tell me how she was raised a pastor's kid and, and so on. And, and um, man, we just got to minister to her and love on her. And that gesture for her children, that small gesture, was, uh, uh, allowed her to see the love of God again in that moment. It reminded her that she wasn't alone. It reminded her of the value that's on her and her children's lives. Just being a part of that experience yesterday was powerful. And literally, you could tell in her life that little act of gesture, it pierced the darkness that she was experiencing in that time. And more importantly, it just didn't pierce the darkness. It invited the light of Jesus. Come on, right? 
to shine brightly in her heart again that day. And so we had a blast. It was rainy, but it was still pretty amazing. And um, one other thing I want to say about yesterday, the people that have founded Frontline Response, that's Dan and Alicia Palmer. We had the opportunity before that event started at 1130. We had the opportunity around 10 or so to meet at their new offices. And the Lord, I could go all morning long talking about how God has provided for them. But it's their international offices for, for, for Frontline Response. And, um, and Dan and Alicia Palmer are part of this church. I don't know if you know that. And so they're, they're kind of quiet. You know, they come in. They, they do so much outside this church and, um, and just neck, neck deep in ministry. And this is a place where they can get filled up, a place where they can be refreshed as they serve. And um, so I do want to kind of speak to that because it ties into my sermon today. I want to tell you a little bit what Frontline Response is about. And no, this is not a missions giving Sunday. Amen. You know why? Because every Sunday's a missions giving Sunday. Give and we give to missions. You want to give some more to missions? We'll take it and we'll give it to missions. But that's not what this sermon's about. But what Frontline Response is word from the Lord over their lives. What they're supposed to be doing with their lives is this. In the 21st century, far too many people are trapped in the darkness of sex trafficking and homelessness. This is their mission. Without a path toward freedom, many of these individuals will die without ever knowing they're loved. Frontline response is on the front lines every day, rescuing these individuals and preventing them most vulnerable in society, our children, from falling victim. When people are rescued out of sex trafficking and homelessness, they can begin to walk out God's purposes for their lives and become a beacon of light for others. There was people serving yesterday that had been rescued. There was people serving yesterday that had been homeless, and, and they had partnered and came out to serve other people in the community. And where this ties into my sermon today is that word over their life, all right? The Palmer's lives. The word over their life to start Frontline Response began years and years and years ago, all right? And with that word, it starts to be birthed. Everybody say birthed. Starts to be birthed in their heart. They receive the word from the Lord to begin rescuing women and men from sex trafficking, begin to rescue homeless, begin to minister to children. They receive that word. And I guarantee you through the years, the Palmers faced opposition. I know it because I've been friends with them for over a decade and a half since they began the ministry. They faced hardship. They faced doubts. They faced fear. They faced opposition. They faced financial ups and financial downs, you know. But they never let the word from the Lord that they received so many years ago die within. They never let that happen. And now literally thousands of women have been rescued and lives have been changed over the last decade and a half because, listen, because they allowed the word from the Lord to take root in their life and to grow into something powerful. Let me say that again. They allowed the word of the Lord. Everybody tap yourself right here. They allowed the word of the Lord to take root in their life and to grow into something powerful. And I just want to say it this way to y'all today. I believe in each of you today. Every single one in this room, God is prophetically positioning you to birth his plans in your life too. That, that should have got you excited right there. God wants to birth something in my life. He is prophetically positioning me so that I can receive a word from him and that word can grow and that word can manifest. And when it manifests, I'll walk in the blessing of that. When it manifests, I'll be able to make a difference in other people's lives. When it manifests and shows up, my church will be different. My work will be different. My home will be different. My school will be different. Yeah, that's awesome. 
And when I say prophetically, what do you mean, pastor, prophetically positioned? In New Testament prophecy, it really speaks more of a timely word from God, a fresh word, a rhema-type word from the Lord that is spoken. And when received and acted upon, God's desires manifest. God's desires show up. And so that's why I'm saying you, every one of you in this room, God's trying to birth something in you. And every one of you in this room, it's a timely thing, amen? It's something that you can already, when I start to say this, you're starting to sense that. Yeah, I know God wants to do this in my life. I don't know if I can see it to fruition, but I sense it. I know it. And if you don't know what God wants to do in your life and you doubt yourself, most of the time it's because you doubt yourself more than you doubt God, right? Why would God do this for me? Why would God want to do this in my life? Why? No, no, no. If you don't know, man, I pray that before the end of today, God will just start to birth something in your heart because I believe every one of you has something the word of the Lord within you, something he's calling you to, something he's, he's challenging you in. It might be something that he's telling you to do or to not do, to start or to stop, you know, but a word that he's bringing into your life. And so what I want to talk today when we're talking about hosting for the holidays, I want to look at hosting the word of the Lord in our lives. Now, I love the Bible. And the word of the Lord that is rhema or living word, there's two types of things you can see in scripture. You see logos, that's the Greek word for word, and that's that written word that we read, logos. Then there's something called rhema in the Greek. And what rhema is, that's living word. And that happens two ways. Rhema, you're reading logos and God, have you ever read scripture and it comes to life to you? It's like, oh, I didn't see that before. That's living word. That's rhema. But also God at times will come and speak a rhema word to your heart. Now that rhema word, that living word that he begins to speak to your spirit, that is something that needs to be balanced out by counsel, that needs to be balanced out by the word of God. God's not going to tell you to rob a bank. Amen? I felt the word of the Lord, officer. And so I robbed this. Now if you do rob a bank, tithe, okay? Don't rob a bank. Don't, okay? But if you do, tithe. But don't, but don't. No, but it's not going to jive with the word of God. So you know it's not a rhema word. It's, it's pizza the night before, right? But there are times in your life when God will speak of thus saith the Lord your God. And you feel it. And man, you're ready to run with it. That's what I'm talking about. And we have got to be a people that will host the word of the Lord in our lives. Pastor, what do you mean by hosting? Hosting the word of God. In other words, make room for it. God, I want, I want your word ever present in my life. I want to be on a mission all the time. Maybe it's a mission of self-growth. Maybe it's a mission that I'm believing for my family. Maybe it's a mission that I'm believing for work. But God, speak into my life. I don't want to just go through life on my own. I want to go through life living out your word over my life. And so I want to host your word. So I'm going to make room for what God's desiring to do. And you need to make room for what God's desiring to do to, in your life, to speak in your life, to move through your life. That's what today is about. Now, listen, for most of you, the word of the Lord of your life won't be to start an international ministry, right? Most of you. I, I don't know. I don't think the Lord's word over my life is to start an international ministry. We support missionaries. That's our international ministry, right? But I've told you so many times, one of the most gifted mentors in my life was a plumber, Amen. Why? Because he received a word from the Lord. Do you know that Ron Luttrell, hi, Ron Luttrell. Do you know Ron Luttrell went to Foursquare Bible College and graduated, married his girl. That's probably the best thing he got out of college was he married Kay. And when he got out of college, he went right into youth ministry because that's what you do. You go to youth ministry. He'd only been saved his senior year of high school, and he was so passionate for Jesus, everybody said, you ought to be a preacher. 
That's a good way to lose your passion for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But you ought to be a preacher, you, you know, because he's just so, so he goes to Bible college and he graduates four years, gets his degree, goes into youth ministry. And guess what? It wasn't long before he realizes, I hate this. Not that I hate this, but it didn't come natural. It wasn't something he felt gifted at. It wasn't something he saw the anointing of God on. But then he would put his hands to service things, plumbing and building and construction, and God would blow it up all the time. Long story short, he leaves youth ministry, and he goes into working, you know, and, and starts to be a plumber and, and, and gets a word from the Lord to pour into young people. Different kind of ministry, right? And man, when I was about 12 years old, I started working for him. And I'll just tell you right now, when you're about 12, 13 years old and you change a, a, a water heater by yourself, it makes a boy feel like you can do anything. I'm serious, man. I mean, like it just does or something about it. And out of that pride, that self-esteem, he'd be able to pour in the word and pour in life. And, and to this day, well over 40 people are in ministry that have worked for him. Can I tell you one of those people? Pastor. Can I tell you a second one of those people? Pastor Corey Blair. If I remember right, Corey's here. I think Ron fired him a couple times, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but, but Ron poured into our lives. And you know, I, he got to see the fruition of that pouring in. When I was 21, I went to work for that church that he went to. And I was full-time. And when I was 28 or 9, it's when 9-11 had happened. And something happened in our church where my pastor had to go, and I had to speak to the congregation, and the building is packed out. And I find out like at two in the afternoon, three in the afternoon, you're preaching, and the building's packed. And I'm just a kid, really. I'm freaked out. I come home, and Amy says, what are you doing? I said, I got to preach tonight. She said, what? And I explained what was going on. She goes, what are you going to do? I go, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> because I'm like those goats, you know, when I feel that tension, I fall asleep. <laughs> I do. I'm a fainting goat. But I went ahead and went to sleep, and in my twilight, as I was coming to, if you will, the Lord, gave me a, the Lord gave me a word, the Christian's response to terrorism. And I preached that sermon that night, man, it was something. And Ron comes up to me when church was over, and he looks at me, and he goes, Ross, all these years you've been my neighbor boy. He goes, today you've become my pastor. Why? Because he had in his heart... That ministry wasn't just Bible college and, and, and going out. Ministry was doing what you do as unto the Lord. And he received a word from God as important as frontline responses word that the Palmers received, as important as whatever God tells you as you do it unto the Lord. He received a word from the Lord, and now there are dozens and dozens and dozens of pastors and missionaries around the world. Why? Because he took care of the word of God on his life. Amen? Give God some praise. Yeah. Thank you, Ron Latrell. I love you, buddy. And um, man, my first day on the job, I dropped a hammer through a, a, a bathtub. I did. And the second day on the job, I broke the little taunt things off of a toilet. It cost some money to live out the word of God. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ron. All right, so, no, I don't know what that word might be over your life, but there's a word over your life. That word might be a word of sobriety over your life. That word might be a word of a career opportunity to prepare yourself for. That word might be an opportunity for a business decision that you have to have faith for. Unless God kind of faith. That word might be the restoration of a relationship that you have had 
tension in for a long time. That word of the Lord over your life might be a healing for your family or a healing for yourself. God, how much longer? Like the woman in the Bible, 12 years with this issue of blood. How much longer? But she sends a word from the Lord that this is not a sickness unto death. This is for the glory of the Lord. And you feel and sense that. Maybe, maybe it's a word of, of breaking free from financial difficulties. And now it's not just rubbing the genie lamp, God make me debt free. No, no. There, when the word of the Lord comes, we, we make room for it. And there's things that we have to change our lives around to make a difference. Maybe for you, it's the word of the Lord for the restoration of your children that have drifted far from God. Hold on to that word. Amen? Don't give up on that word. I can see some children in the house that are here with their moms and dads that are adult children now that have run hard from the Lord. <laughs> but they're in the house of God today. Hmm. That's a word from the Lord. So the word of the Lord, it, it will come to us, and we've got to host the word of the Lord. We're going to have to make room for the word. And like I said, hold on to the word and never stop believing what God desires to birth in our lives and in the lives of those that we are connected to. So I just want to ask you as we get into this today, I'm going to give you three ways to, to be able to host the word of God. How many here you want to host God's word? What he's speaking in your life. You want to be able to host it well and see it come to full fruition. Well, if you're going to host God's word well, then you're going to, number one, you're going to have to give God's word a place to abide in your life. I want you to stand to your feet. Give God's word a place to abide in your life. When it comes to that idea of abiding, man, there'll be so many things that try to take up the place of the word of the Lord in your life. Doubt, fear, disbelief, anger, whatever it is that's standing in the way, it's standing in the way of that word getting place. And so we've got to be able to give God's word a place to abide in your life. We're going to go into the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, just get yourself in this place, a young woman, never been with a man. You know, this is just all whew, surreal as God begins to do something in her life. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what the sort of greeting might be. <laughs> I get that. I get that idea of, whoo, greeting a favored one. God calls you to something like, don't favor me so much. You know what I mean? Like, Lord, I don't want that pressure. I don't want that tension. It'd be easier just to quit. It'd be easier just to not stop believing. It'd be easier just to, to say, you know what? I know that the family is far from God, but you know, I just can't deal with that tension right now and just to cut people off. It'd be easier. And this woman here, he comes, he says, you're a favored one. And this, this greeting, it started to trouble her. And verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive, say conceive. Yeah. in your womb and bear a son <coughs> and we shall call his name Jesus. That, that word of God, we'll be talking about this in a couple weeks. The word was with God. The word was God. This literally was the word of God. This is Jesus that she is conceiving. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? 
When God's trying to birth something in you, it's okay to have questions. Your questions does not mean that you don't have faith. Your questions does not mean that you're not favored. Your fear doesn't mean you're not favored. Your frustration doesn't mean you're not. No, God has a plan to birth his word in your life, to birth something from you, in you, through you, to make a difference in your life and the lives of others. God has a plan, and it's okay to ask those questions. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was, called to be, who was once barren. That's going to be John the Baptist. Verse 37 and 38, and I'll let you have your seats. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go into this time together, those that need a word from you, would you just, just speak it into their lives today? Lord God, those that have a word, man, they're excited. They're seeing everything fall into place. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And Lord, for those that are in this room that have been holding on to a word a long time and have grown weary, God, today, just stir their hearts. Give them, give them faith for another day. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seat. A few things that we can see in this when it comes to this idea of giving God place to abide in our lives, his word placed to abide in his lives, we can see that first and foremost, be encouraged because she says nothing will be impossible with God. That last word, nothing, it doesn't matter. But, but Ross, you don't know the lack of resources I have. You don't know the lack of education that I have. You don't know how bad my marriage is right now. You don't know how bad my struggle is right now. I just want to go open a bottle. I just want to go open a whatever it might be that I'm struggling with. I just, you don't know how bad it is. I understand that, but I do know how good God is. I do know how awesome, and nothing is impossible. If he can place himself into the womb of a little virgin girl <laughs> and come forth, this, this child that grows to be the man that he is, he dies on the cross, he raises three days later. Oh, my goodness. He can do anything. You're his children, amen? He can do anything. That's the first thing I see. Be encouraged, and make a place for his word in your life. Be encouraged. Don't be fearful. Be encouraged because God is the God of the impossible. The second thing I see in this passage when it comes to embracing and making a place for the word that God's placed in your heart, she says, I am the servant of the Lord. I'm the servant of the Lord. In other words, it's not about me. I'm just a servant. God has a word. God has a plan. God has a purpose. I'm up in the mix of this, but this is on God. This isn't on me. Now, God will show me the things I need to do to step up into it, but he's birthing this in my life. This isn't just a pipe dream. He's speaking this word over you. And when you think of servant of the Lord, in that time, there was kings and vassals, kings and servants, if you will. And when it came to being a king and a servant, that relationship, we as servants, we live at his bidding. The servant would live at the bidding of the Lord. That's why Mary is saying, may it be unto me according to your word. She's being a servant. I am living at your bidding, God. God begins to speak a word to you and it challenges everything in your life. 
You live at his bidding. But what's so powerful about the king and servant relationship, not only do you live at the the service of his bidding, you also live in the benefit of his blessings. A servant would be one that would walk in the protection. They would walk in the, 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 the provisions. They would walk in the, you know I like alliteration, they would walk in the potential of the king. The provision, the potential, all those things of the king. And and, and what's amazing is not all kingdoms are equal. You got to let that sit on you for a second. Not all kings. We're talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. This isn't just another king. No, no. This is a kingdom with all provision, a kingdom with all protection, a kingdom with all potential. This is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who is birthing this child. That's who you serve. That's who has given you that word to live up to. I love that. And then the final thing we see from that heart of a servant, let it be to me according to your word. So watch this. Hosting God's word starts with you. It starts with you. He says, let it be, everybody say to me. Let it be to me according to your word. Not, not, not if they would do this, I could experience that. If they wouldn't do this, I could experience that. I could walk in what God has for me if you weren't standing in the way. I could walk in what God has for me if it wasn't for those friends, if it wasn't for my husband, if it wasn't for my boss, if it wasn't for my, you fill in the blank. If it wasn't for the disposition I have because of how I was raised, I could, no, 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 may it be unto me. I mean, she's saying, let it be to me according to your word. There's that sense of responsibility. No, Mary, she said, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me. I am. Everybody say, I am. Let it be unto me. You see that? I, I, she's taking that upon herself. There's a realization in this moment that she has to receive this word from the Lord. Be willing, accepting to create a place for the word of the Lord over her life. Now, it starts with you when you host God's word in your life, but it doesn't end with you. Hosting God's word in your life, it's not a selfish thing. Because when you host God's word in your life, other people benefit from you hosting God's word. It has a power to make a difference in other people's lives. Obviously, we can see that in in Ron, my my plumber friend. We can see that in him. We can see that in the Palmers and Frontline Response. I mean, there are so many people in this room. As you're faithful to the word God's placed on you, it makes a difference in other people's lives. We can see in Luke 1... Verse 39, it says, In those days Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Man, when Elizabeth heard, like literally the Holy Spirit upon this child, upon John the Baptist in the womb, the baby leaped. There's something about the promise of God, the word of God in a life that will cause an impact on other people around them. Who will be impacted by you making place for the word of God? Who? What friend? What family member? Who? What neighborhood? Who will be impacted? Goes on, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She claimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Man, 
God wants you to make place for his word, not just for your sake, but there'll be a leaping of joy in other people's lives. There'll be an impact on other people's lives when you're living out what the word of the Lord is on your life. Number two, if you're going to host God's word, you're going to have to rejoice over God's word in your life. Everybody say rejoice. Rejoice. God's words don't come easily. They don't. Living out his word in our lives is one of the most difficult things at times. There's always, it seems like there's always challenge. There's always a season of difficulty. There's always a time when, when it's just like, it's that hallway of indecision. You can see the doorway down there, but man, there's, there's just something going, it's a long hallway trying to get there, you know. But here we need to rejoice over what the spirit is birthing in our lives, even in the moment if it doesn't make sense. I am sure in Ron's life, there was times this doesn't make sense. He has the benefit of looking back over 50 years and seeing what the Lord had done. But there was times where I'm sure it did not make sense. Luke 1, verse 46 through 49, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. So she's facing this point of tension, and she chooses to rejoice in the middle of it. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. God's birthing something in you, and there's that tension. Man, turn it into worship. Turn it into praise. Say to yourself, my soul magnifies the Lord. I think last week we sang that worship song talking about telling your soul what to think. You know? Don't be discouraged. Raise up your head. That's things like David would say to you. Why so downcast, oh my soul, David said. He's speaking to himself. He's setting himself straight, you know. So tell your soul what you think in regards to what you're experiencing in the moment. And here it says magnify. My soul magnifies the Lord. To magnify means to make things large, amen. So when you're going through seeing God's word, take effect in your life, and you find those difficulties, make God larger than your difficulties. Make God bigger than your circumstances. He is already, but unless you're rejoicing him in the middle of it, he is, but functionally he's not in your life. He is, but you're not walking in the benefit of it. David would say that, oh, magnify the Lord. So make God large in your life. Make it like... Lord, I'm not letting go of the word you've given me. I'm, not, I'm making you large in the word of God that you placed in me. I'm not letting go of this promise. I'm not letting go of this. I'm going to tell my soul what to think. One of the best ways, like I said, to make God bigger in your situation is to praise him in the middle of the process. And watch what he watch, This is what she says. I get so excited about this. My soul magnifies the Lord. And what? My spirit rejoices in God. She, she's on this side of nine months of pregnancy. She's on this side of being looked down upon. She's on this side of raising a kid that had to be some sort of something. I'm serious. I don't know. How, how would it be to raise Jesus? You know? I'm serious. He would always know when his mom's looking around the corner. No, I, I don't think that's how it worked. <laughs> but man, she's on this side of all that. And she says that she's telling her soul to magnify the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. 
When you're worshiping, you're reminding yourself of who he is and what he can do. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That's who he is. Now watch the next part. For he is mighty and has done great things, and holy is his name. So he's God, he's my Savior, and he's mighty. We're worshiping him, reminding yourself of who he is and what he can do. Just do that. Whenever you're getting discouraged, remind himself. If you got to go to the book of Psalms, when I was on my sabbatical years ago, I just, I lived in this book of Psalms. I wouldn't let myself read anything else but the book of Psalms. And I just read it through it really slow. And man, it just, just poured into my heart because it reminded me of who God is. And it reminded me of what he can do. It also reminded me of the bellyacher that David was. <laughs> and I didn't feel so bad because I am too. God, it's not going my way. That's how David was. But then he would turn it. And he would go after God and worship. And go after God reminding himself of who he is. For he is mighty. He's done great things for me. And holy is his name. That's the key. Because if he's holy, he's perfect. And if he's perfect, you can trust him. Sometimes in the middle of our stuff, we stop worshiping because we stop trusting him. I have been there, people, I, not years ago, this past spring, going through some things, and I stopped trusting God for a couple months. And I'll just be honest, it was hard. I had to remind myself almost daily to worship him and to praise him and that he is good and that he is faithful and that he is holy. I had to remind myself daily from about February to June. Man, it was, it was a tough season. But man, God is so good. He's birthing something in my life and Amy's life that I know in the future we will see the fruition of it. Because right now in the middle of it, all we can do is rejoice. All we can do is thank God. All we can do is hold, hold fast. Because we want to see God's word manifest. So we're going to make a room for God's word. We're going to praise him in the middle of it till we see the fruition of it. And then finally, we're going to carry the word of the Lord in our life to completion. I believe that you, whatever God's speaking into your life, you can carry that word over your life to completion or to fruition. Luke 2, verse 6 through 7. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. We see the birth of Jesus the literal birth of the word of the Lord in Mary's life. We see that. And I believe that God wants to be able to have you see the fulfillment, the fruit, the manifestation of what the promises on your life, the word of God on your life, what he's trying to do in you and through you. And so I want to challenge us to guard what the Lord is desiring to birth in our lives. Amen? When I say guard, you know what I mean by that? Like, like don't let no man tell you you can't when God has already told you you can't. Don't, don't let the devil in hell tell you and lie to you saying that you won't be able to do it when the Lord's already told you you will be able to do it. You can do all things through him who strengthens you, the Bible says. Don't let yourself talk yourself out of the promises of God when God is saying to you, do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap a harvest. If you'd faint not, take courage. Guard your heart because God's promise will come to pass. Amen. 
Hey, man, I want us to stand to our feet. If right now, just close your eyes for a moment. If right now you're like, Pastor Ross, there is some things that the Lord's speaking into my life. Some things to start, some things to stop. Hmm. There's a purchase I need to make. And I feel it. There's a credit card I need to put down. (laughs) And I feel it. There's a friendship and a relationship I need to start. There's a relationship in my family that's strained that I need to, I know God's saying he's gonna heal it. And I need to let that word sit on my heart and Lord begin to create opportunities and then be faithful with those opportunities. Whatever it might be for you, with every head bowed and eye closed, if there's somebody here this morning, you're like, first, the first one is that, that you feel like God is giving you a word and it's kind of recent. And you're in that place of just feeling that word out. Is this from you, Lord? I told you, you look to the word and you look to wise counsel when it comes to that. And if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Yeah, there's something recent in my heart. I see hands. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, I see your hand. I see your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, for those that have raised their hands in regard to, to the fresh word of you in their lives, God, I ask that you would help them in this moment, Lord, to allow that to just begin to grow in them, Allow them to guard it, I pray, Jesus. We thank you for that. To allow them, like Mary, to say, may it be unto me according to your word. To give that word place in their lives. In Jesus' name. If there's some people in here, there's been a word, and I'm going to raise my hands with this one. And you've been fighting with this thing for a while. When I say fighting, just, God, I don't know if it's going to come to pass. I know this is from you, but it's just been a strain and a struggle. If that's you, I'm raising my hands on this one. Raise your hands. Yeah, pastor. Yeah, I'm believing for this, and I know it's from the Lord, but I'm just struggling right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let those, myself included, with our hands raised, let us be those who can rejoice over your word in our life, even when it doesn't make sense. We can rejoice and magnify you, even in the middle of waiting for this promise to come to fruition. We'll carry your word faithfully, knowing that in due season we'll reap a harvest. We'll, We'll walk in the fruit of what you have spoken in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And the most important thing is that Jesus would be birthed in your own lives. Literally, Jesus wants to come and take residence in your life. And if you're here and you're not following Christ, what an invitation to have him be Lord of your life. Like I said earlier, yes, with him being Lord, we live a life at his bidding. But oh, with him being Lord, we live a life with his blessings as well. And if that's you this morning, would you just hold your hand up? Pastor, I want to come to Jesus today. Is there anybody here today? Amen, amen, amen. If you're online and you feel in your spirit, like you just feel that tug, please, please reach out online to us so that we can walk you through what it takes to take those steps of salvation. Also, we have a book we want to get into your hands that will help you in your first week or so of growing in your new relationship with Jesus. So just reach out to us, all right? And if you are online and you had those same prayer requests, man, know that we're praying for you. You can, if you want, you can reach out to us and let us know so that we can be praying specifically for you. I believe praying specifically is important. That's what this is about. Amen? And so I want you guys, we're going to close in prayer. If you remember these cards from last week, we have placed these cards on a chair because we believe God's word is going to be birthed into these lives. The promises of marriage is healed. Addicts delivered. Mm. Law people on their way to hell going to heaven. 
and, and you may not know this, but Christmas Eve, the Lord's really laid on my heart. I, I, I know it's going to be a weird Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'm really just sensing we're going to pray for healing that night. I don't know what that looks like. But there's people here. These are, these are potential stories of hope. You've been faithful to, to pray. We've prayed all week. I have seven people coming. Yes, I'm bragging. No. It's important, though. Invite people. Man, God's going to change lives. So as we close, just stretch your hands this way. We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, these lives represented by these cards, you're birthing something in them. Even before they get on this campus, you're starting to visit them. And in that moment of visiting, some of them are saying that they're afraid. And you're trying to say to their heart, be not afraid. What you're starting to do in them is, is just significant and powerful. And Lord God, as we invite, we're a part of that process. Thank you, Jesus, that we co-labor with you in the lives of our family and friends. And so, Lord, we just ask that that night, Christmas Eve, would be just anointed, touched and graced by the power of your Holy Spirit for salvation, touched and graced by the power of your Holy Spirit for deliverance, touched and graced by the power of your Holy Spirit for healing signs and wonders. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.